Today on Noteworthy Networks, we have Dr. Jeremy Oa to share just a snippet from his bio. You should know Dr. Oa serves as Deputy Superintendent in the Little Rock School District. He, of course, is alumni or an alumnus from the University of Central Arkansas, class of 2003, having received his Bachelor's of Science degree in education. He then went on to earn a Master of Science in Education from Euler in 2005, an EDS in Educational Administration from Euler in 2008, and EDD, is that correct? Or that's correct. Educational doctorate. Okay. And administrative leadership from Walden University in 2011, and a doctorate of education and educational leadership and administration, among several other certifications. So, welcome, Dr. Jeremy Oa. Thank you. Glad to join you today. Yes, thanks so much for agreeing to come on today. You obviously have quite an extensive list of both earning your education and then now working in the education field. So I look forward to diving more into the work that you're doing now um, and also what you've done over the course of your career. So with that, we'll move on to the first question of how did you become interested in the field of education? And then specifically, you could talk on maybe how you got interested in academics and school leadership. Okay. I um, started in the fall of 97 at UCA, and I actually declared a business uh, degree or program um, for my program of study and because um, I wanted to major in marketing. And I actually <laughs> uh, stayed a marketing major until the end of my junior year and realized this is not what I wanted to do. And uh, and I will also say, you know, starting my freshman year at UCA, during the summer, I volunteered um, with a summer camp. And so I worked with uh, students during the summer and really enjoyed that. And I, uh, from an early age, had a passion for literature and uh, just um, every aspect of of the English language, the grammar, and the literary component. And so at the end of my junior year, I was like, what do, what can I see myself doing for the rest of my life? And, um, and I thought, well, let me try an education class. And I took an education course um, the fall semester of my senior year, loved it. Um, and I had already taken Dr. Patricia McGraw's uh, African-American literature class and loved just the uh, uh, discussion, the dialogue behind uh, the literary uh, the literary piece. And so I said, well, let me, uh, English education may be uh, the area. And I uh, met with the advisors. Uh, my advisors talked, uh, spoke with uh, the coordinators over in Mashburn and the education program. And really, the rest is history. I um, I changed my major to English education uh, with a focus in secondary um, English, um, and completed the program in two years. And uh, did my internship in at Parkview High School, and they hired me at the end of my internship. And I started my education career at Parkview High School here in Little Rock, and I've been here in Little Rock for living in Little Rock since then for almost uh, 22 years now and so um, and then uh, but even when I started my uh, English education program at UCA I knew I wanted to be in a position to have the most impact uh, 
And so even though I love and I still uh, to today um, love teaching English and I still teach adjunct um, as well at some local universities here in Little Rock, but I knew I wanted to be in a position to have the most impact. And that's mm -hmm. the main reason why I went into administration, into educational leadership. Um, and I've enjoyed that, um, working with other upcoming leaders, but also working with my teachers, parents, uh, students, and making sure we provide the very best education. Um, and so I've had the experience to work at district level and a few districts here in central Arkansas, but also at the state level to really understand the landscape of education and why it's important um, for us to have effective leaders uh, so that we can uh, support our teachers in the classroom and support our students. Wow. So within, I guess, your education background and in your career, have you maybe utilized some of those marketing classes that you've taken or you just kind of did a flip switch and just stayed on the English education? You know, out of all the interviews I've had, uh, you uh, have been the only one that really connected to and asked, asked that question, and I have. Um, I still have an interest in marketing, and so that has really uh, played an integral role in my uh, educational uh, profession as well because we still have to recruit uh, mm -hmm. students and, and teachers um, and retain them, and so that uh, educational piece that I gained from the marketing program really has benefited me and, and my current profession. And even so with um, just um, when I was teaching, I was able to have a second job working um, uh, part-time at a marketing firm during their uh, hosting their focus groups. And so I was able to use both my uh, English background, but also my uh, marketing background and working with that uh, marketing firm here in Little Rock on um, just uh, how people related to certain products and things of that nature. So I have yeah. had, uh, now that I think about it, so uh, I appreciate that question. <laughs> yeah. All right. So can you speak on maybe how do most people get into the field of education or I guess specifically with your piece of getting interested into the academics and school leadership area? I think for most, um, just from my experience and what I've seen from uh, younger educators, it's they've had a an impactful experience with one of their educators mm -hmm. who really have made um, a significant impact on their lives. And, and so much so, uh, they wanted in return to make the same type of impact. And so, and that was for me. I, I had uh, some tough <laughs> but loving and compassionate uh, English teachers in middle school and junior high and high school um, who, without them, I wouldn't probably have a firm grasp uh, on my grammar um, and nor on my um love for literary uh, um, and so I, I really think that teachers have to realize and always remember that they really do inspire and impact uh, the individuals they have in their classrooms their mm -hmm. students and 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 sometimes 
uh, unbeknownst to them. They they may not even realize that their students in their classrooms looking up to them and paying uh, close attention to everything that they're doing. And, um, and even now, uh, when I have the chance to speak to uh, young educators, even educational uh, leaders, they always uh, attribute their initial reason uh, mm-hmm. for coming into the profession because of an Im- uh, impactful teacher that they have uh, in them. And, and then even with them becoming leaders, they want to make an impact on the educational uh, in the educational sector. And uh, because you really need somebody, I always tell people that, you know, we talk about effective teachers, um, but effective teachers need effective leaders. They need leaders who know how to support them, who are willing to uh, support them and, and do whatever it takes to make sure that the instructional setting in their classroom is protected. And um, and um, and then make sure that they have that, uh, meaningful professional development and and everything is cohesive within the educational setting and so uh, leadership is very important and indirectly impacts student achievement and student growth as well and so we definitely need uh, effective teachers to stay in the classroom but we need some of those effective uh, teachers to become effective leaders so that uh, the entire educational system uh, it's more conducive to learning for our young people, even more so now, uh, because the educational landscape has changed so much mm-hmm. that we need uh, leaders who are innovative, thinking outside the box of how to connect uh, to our staff members, how to connect to parents, to the community, uh, and more importantly, to our students. And they need to be able to provide that support to our teachers who also need to be innovative and in thinking outside the box. You know, the time of having our students in straight rows uh, in desk in our classroom and lecture to, uh, lecturing to them, that time has passed several mm-hmm. years ago. And so we need to be able to think about how can we creatively, innovatively uh, educate our students uh, for life after 12th grade in today's society. Yeah, for sure, for sure. So I guess to that point, then becoming leaders, can you speak on, you have to have that teaching background to then go into a superintendent role? Or how does one, you know, go into the education field and then say they have the goal of becoming a superintendent? What does that look like for them? Yes, yes, um, you definitely have to start as a teacher. Um, In fact, uh, here uh, in Arkansas and most states, um, you have to teach for three years and then um, you can start a master's uh, graduate program uh, for ed leadership or ed uh, administration, education administration. And then depending on which program of study, uh, you could receive your building level certification to be an assistant principal or principal and or um, your district level certification to become uh, an assistant superintendent, deputy superintendent, or superintendent. And so there are two different uh, program of studies within administration. And so I was fortunate that when I went um, and received my educational specialist at the University of Arkansas at Little Rock, uh, they had a dual program, and so within that educational specialist program, I was able to obtain my building level certification as Mm -hmm. well as my district level certification. 
Very cool. You kind of decided, hey, I want to go ahead and get both in case I <laughs> decide yeah. I want to do both. <laughs> and you know, and that's what I share with uh, young uh, leaders now is that go ahead. I mean, you have to think about the future um, and not just right now. And so whatever your goals are uh, in the profession, you know, five years from now, 10 years from now, 15 years, make sure you have a plan to accomplish those. So I knew eventually I would want to uh, be a superintendent. And, and so I wanted to make sure I had all the qualifications um, and the certifications uh, that I needed uh, back then. So when it was time and the opportunity uh, came uh, that I couldn't uh, say no to, I had the qualifications to uh, apply and then interview for that position. So this next question you've touched on a little bit, but I mean, how relevant is your undergraduate major to the work that you do now? I mean, I'm going to say it's pretty relevant, but. <laughs> it is relevant. Um, and and I would say um, it, it's relevant, but not so much that you have to have to have an education undergraduate degree to become an educator. I think that's the unique uh, aspect of the educational profession is that anyone from any background could come. Um, you just have to have the willingness, the, pay, uh, the passion to educate young people. Um, but we need a diverse uh, background. That's, to me, what attributes to equitable access to effective educators is because you have educators from a variety of backgrounds, experiences coming into the educational setting and being able to share their experience and their expertise with their students. And so I'm an advocate for non-traditional teachers because they bring a wealth of knowledge and experience um, to our students. And so I think you need the traditional uh, teachers who come through a uh, program of study uh, in education at the undergraduate level, but you also need those non-traditional students who may have graduated with a science degree, an English degree, or a marketing communication uh, business degree, worked for a while, and then decided to come into education. In fact, in my experience as a principal, some of my best, uh, most uh, effective um, teachers who have built strong rapport with our students have been non-traditional teachers. Okay. Thank you for bringing that up. Yeah, because that's, I guess that's like a thought that like, you know, not everyone thinks about, you know, you don't necessarily have to go into an education background to actually become a teacher or work within the education field. Right. And I think, uh, to be honest, I think it's a great modeling or great example to our young people that all of us have different journeys mm -hmm. uh, and, and paths. And so uh, we're not all going to go down the same path, but you can still accomplish your goal. You can still be su successful. You can still be impactful um, within your journey. And, uh, and I really think that... Uh, non-traditional teachers help show that and, and are great examples of that to our young people. Yeah. 
Right. Can you speak on what kind of accomplishments tend to be valued and rewarded as a superintendent? Um, as a superintendent, I think the um, I, I always felt like, as it personally and professionally, um, success and achievement for an individual is not based upon that individual's personal achievements or success. It's based on the number of individuals who that person, that leader, has helped uh, to achieve their goals and their uh, their achievements. And so I think that's, for a superintendent as a leader, uh, the number of young educators, young leaders that I've uh, been able to mentor, train, and support who become eventually uh, leaders in buildings and, and, and other educational entities, to me, uh, is a sign of success for a superintendent. But also the young people who uh, have matriculated uh, through the educational system and become educators or even um, um, major uh, citizens and, uh, and other uh, occupations, but more importantly, education, and they attribute their decision on becoming uh, an educator because of their experience uh, in your school or in, in the district or where you are and the impact that you've made on them. Um, and, and, and definitely when you see your students achieving in all aspects of the educational system, you know, that makes you feel good as a leader. When you have students uh, who are uh, being successful in all region band and all state band, they're obtaining scholarships, or even our students who uh, receive certifications and and the um, CTE courses like uh, welding and uh, plumbing, and because you know that they have a plan, they have the opportunities, they know about the opportunities, and they're going to be uh, productive citizens when they leave you. Um, their 12th grade year. And I think the most meaningful event for me as a superintendent is graduation. When you see the students who have uh, really worked hard and put in a lot of sweat equity uh, uh, through their career as a student in the K-12 system, um, and they walk across that stage, you can see the uh, level of accomplishment in their eyes. And I think that's, that's when you know you, uh, you've done uh, what you have uh, aspired to do. Um, and for me, that has always been impactful. So even the rough days, the most challenging days, uh, go to the wayside when you see your students um, have that pride within themselves. Um, and that's always been a great moment for me. Yeah, for sure. What skills, abilities, and personal attributes are essential to success in your career or career field? I know you've t talked on like making the impact with the students and, you know, really making sure that their experience in your education system is something that you know, prepares them for their future. Um, but can you share on any other like skills and abilities and like personal attributes that you think contribute to that? 
I think definitely having a service mindset um, is one of the most important skills to have uh, because uh, it's really a um, a a servant or a service type um, profession because you are serving our, our students, our parents, our communities, and 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 you're making sure you're doing whatever it takes to make sure that each child is successful and uh, and reaches their potential. And so, uh, it's definitely a mindset of service. It's a mindset of uh, knowing your purpose uh, and and when you know your purpose uh, and you know a lot of people say you have to know your why why are you in this and I also I feel like you always have to keep in mind your purpose as an educator what is your purpose because even when you have those tough days when you really reflect on uh, your purpose and the reason why um, you've been placed in the position that you are currently in it's, it's to be impactful and I really feel like that um, it's, it's a mindset. It's not for everyone. Everyone cannot be an educator. Uh, and, and I think you really see the ones who have that calling on their lives, that uh, they were uh, born, they were uh, engineered to be an educator. I think about my, edu- uh, my teachers. Uh, they were firm, they were consistent, but they were loving. Uh, both my male and female teachers, they were in, from elementary, middle, and high school. They, uh, it was that tough love because they knew that that's what's going to take for me to be successful past 12th grade. And, um, and so I really feel like when you enter the, in, uh, the education profession or even thinking about that, you have to realize really what is your purpose for choosing um, uh, that major or that profession, um, what do you want to accomplish? Um, and um, and you definitely have to be a people person, and mm-hmm. uh, you definitely learn uh, the mantra of monitoring and adjusting because every day is not the same. Not one day uh, is the same uh, like another, and so is uh, we're always monitoring and adjusting, and and more so um, in the classroom than even as a leader, uh, because you're dealing with people. Um, and so you definitely know, you have to know how to interact with people because you have different learning styles, different uh, mindsets in the classroom, and they're young minds because uh, they're still maturing and, and, and learning and growing. And so uh, you definitely have to have a, a mindset of, um, service and serving um, and, and all aspects of, uh, of your profession, so. Yeah, for sure. All right, can you speak on what you like most about your work? What I like most uh, is knowing that I'm making a difference. Um, and that's really what drives me each and every day too is because I always question myself, am I doing all that I can. Um, mm-hmm. um, am I doing enough and more than enough to make sure that um, all of my teachers, all of my staff members, all of my uh, parents, all of my students 
are one they uh, they're getting the resources they have the resources they know about the resources they know how to use the resources to the best of the, uh, their ability and uh, and so I'm always asking if uh, have I done enough um, and that's what drives me um, and when I see um, even at the district level when I see my staff members uh, achieving success or uh, accomplishing something, growing, um, that makes me feel good because I see uh, see the light uh, shining in their eyes and, and their attitude. And, and even at the school level, you know, when we, even when uh, we impact one student, that, uh, that means a lot. And I, if I can share this really quick, but last yeah. week, we, um, we were able to uh, assist uh, a young person, one of our um, seniors who were not, was not originally on track to graduate, but uh, we had some key leaders and uh, educators who worked with her throughout this year uh, because she would have graduated last year or the year before, and they worked with her, got her to come back to school, and she graduated last week. And wow. We had a, and we had a graduation ceremony for her only one student but for her that made all the difference and I think that's what's really important is that we have to make sure and always remember that uh, even if it impacts one student we've done what we were supposed to do wow thank you for sharing that story that that is awesome like you don't even like those non-traditional like stories um I, I feel like sometimes are even the most impactful of like the things that, you know, maybe not everybody else gets to see or hear about. So thank right. you for that. Mm -hmm. um, so now going on the flip side of that, what do you like least about your work? Oh, <laughs> I, I, I think I have a type A personality. And so I like organization and and I actually, even though I've been in uh, the profession for almost 20 years now, I like consistency. And so mm -hmm. when chaos happens or when something that happens and that just throws my schedule uh, out the door, that puts me <laughs> in a, uh, in a uh, not a panic mode, but it's like uh, my entire day is messed up because because I'm I'm having because I'm still thinking about what I needed to do uh, today, but then now I'm trying to focus on what needs to be done, uh, putting out fires and things of that nature. And so the unknown mm -hmm. uh, that we have to deal with as leaders, as educators, uh, definitely um, probably the least um, um, because I want I like to make sure that we're making progress. And sometimes I feel like if if I'm thrown off <laughs> of my schedule, I'm not being, uh, uh, I'm not making progress uh, for that day. And so. That's understandable. Can you speak on any challenges that you faced in your work? Have you faced any challenges in your work? Yes. Um, Definitely some challenges um, when um, dealing with some um, not so pleasant situations with 
students and parents uh, uh, because of some discipline issues mm-hmm. or even as um, a district leader having to handle personnel issues, uh, they get challenging because even though uh, you're in that position for a reason to make the tough decisions, when you're dealing with people, um, those situations are difficult because sometimes you have to recommend termination uh, for a person and that impacts their livelihood. And so it's not a really uh, high moment or a positive moment because you're, you have to make the decision and it needs, because of laws and rules, you have to make that decision mm-hmm. and uh, it still doesn't make it a positive situation or feel good situation and so those have been very challenging situations but but those are the decisions that have to be made and so um, and then when you uh, most importantly when you lose um, a student um, or a staff member uh, when you're a leader uh, that's really tough that's really tough going to a funeral service of one of your students uh, or even a former student or even a staff member, um, those are really tough because you, um, even if you're not biological family, you're still a family because you work with and see, uh, you work with these uh, colleagues, you work and, and you, you educate your students uh, for almost eight hours a day. And so um, it's, uh, those are some t- have been some really tough situations as a leader. Yeah. Yeah. And that makes me think back on, you know, what you were saying about, you know, if you're doing what you're wanting to do, what you're supposed to be doing, you are making that impact and you are connecting with those students and those teachers. So definitely like keeping that people piece in mind is, is difficult. Um, among the challenges that you've faced, can you share more about how COVID-19 has affected your career? Um, it, you know, it's been tough because we've, um, um, we def- we have lost some loved ones. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, it's, it's been challenging. But then I also will say that it has taught us as educators that we're not where we needed to be we were not where we needed to be in educating our students and providing resources for our staff members. We were so antiquated um, with just instructional delivery. Um, we, it, and it also shined the light on some systems that were not effective uh, within mm-hmm. our system. And I think, uh, because you know, a lot of districts have have year-long plans, multi-year plans of going one-to-one with technology devices with our students. Well, when COVID hit, <laughs> you didn't have a, ch- a choice but to go uh, one-to-one. And I just saw the how awesome it was for districts, for schools, to quickly put devices in students' hands, which should have happened years ago, you know, years ago. And, uh, and then how you could go paperless or how students could still be taught uh, in a virtual environment uh, like most college students are. Uh, but then how also important in-person learning. Uh, and so 
there's a ha- uh, there's definitely a delicate balance between the two, but just how innovative uh, we had to become um, because of COVID-19. And also the lesson learned that we do not need to backtrack when COVID is over with uh, or when the uh, most impactful part of COVID is over with because I think we'll still be dealing with it uh, for years to come. Um, now, it also has impacted, uh, so I think that's the positive, uh, the part that it has caused us to be more innovative and creative mm-hmm. on instructional delivery, but it has also uh, impacted learning. Uh, there's a significant learning loss that we're going to have to really make sure that we address uh, in the next few months and years to come because um, for Arkansas, most of our students went home across the state in March. And un- unfortunately, for a lot of school districts, they haven't seen those students, uh, um, a, a number of those students since then. And and even the students who have engaged, there's been some hit or miss of engagement, uh, no consistent engagement. And so that's why I think you hear a lot, uh, or you will hear a lot, uh, from leaders and educators across the state and across the country how important it is for our young people to be in the classroom uh, and with us because one, we know they're, they're safe and then two, um, well two, we know they're being fed and the third one is to make sure that they're receiving the education that they need to be successful and to matriculate to the next level. Uh, and it's not just about completing assignments, it's making sure that they have the skills to be successful. Yeah. And being able to like show up and and be there. So with that, I know you talked about a little bit of, you know, working with the parents. So what what does that look like? You know, you can't obviously force anybody to do anything. Um, But what does that look like? What have you guys tried to do in order to maybe reach out to those parents too um, regarding your students. So, and there again, uh, I'm reminded of how important it is uh, for uh, the education system to be innovative. Um, Because it's not just delivering instruction, but also engaging our parents and community. And so using technology, uh, we've seen uh, a lot more virtual meetings, a lot more um, uh, phone calls or text messaging, uh, use of uh, social media, uh, mm-hmm. those things have been increased. And so to really engage and increase the engagement of our parents and bringing them, um, sharing more information with them, um, has we've really had to think outside the box of how to reach them. And so those technology pieces have really helped us. Uh, even uh, now that w- a lot of our after-school programs had to cease uh, because of COVID-19. And so what we here in Little Rock have done is created a homework hotline. And, and I say hotline because there's a phone line, but uh, <laughs> for the most part is through Zoom. And so we have uh, an elementary Zoom and a, a secondary Zoom. And from uh, three hours, Monday through Thursday after school, uh, our young people can zoom in um, with teachers and uh, other community community partners 
to receive academic help, but also uh, just to have that social and emotional interaction with them. Uh, uh, a couple of weeks ago, I was able to uh, do story time with some of our elementary students on the Zoom, and so um, and so we're engaging them in in ways that we never really thought that we would, but because. Uh, the engagement of our young people and our families are so important. Um, you know, we have to think outside the box. In fact, last night we had a parent engagement event on um, effective cooking and unique ways of cooking uh, healthy meals in a um, cost-effective uh, manner. Um, and so we were uh, able to have uh, that uh, Zoom uh, for our parents, and we had a pretty good uh, turnout with that too uh, for that program last night. And so it's really thinking outside: how do we, and not letting an excuse or a barrier stop um, us from reaching out and doing the work that we need to do. And so thinking outside, and then also taking time to close our mouths and listen to our parents and our community, our students, our teachers, to hear what they need. Um, because they have a lot of great ideas. And so uh, so it's definitely been uh, a shift, uh, but I think it's, it's a positive shift that we need to continue to explore even after the, the major uh, impact of COVID is behind us. Yeah, for sure. What do you recommend to students who are about to join the workforce when it comes to facing challenges, whether it's pandemic related or other hot topic issues that have been surfaced over the last year to year and a half? Definitely uh, master the uh, concept of uh, monitoring and adjusting. Uh, you're always gonna have challenges, uh, but the way you deal with those challenges um, really defines who you are, it defines your character, and it, it strengthens your character. Uh, as an adult, uh, even as a young person, a young adult, uh, you're always going to be confronted with uh, challenges. Uh, things are not going to always be smooth. And so uh, always take time to just weigh your options when you're uh, presented with a challenge always take time to reflect on it and then grow have make your decision um, and then know why you make the decision and stand on that decision and if it turns out to be a bad decision grow from it learn from it and and then that cha that changes that challenge into really a positive experience because you've learned from it and you've grown from it and uh, and I think that's really what college te teaches you, it, is, it teaches you to make um, informed decisions um, mm -hmm. and being able to stand on those and grow from them. And that's really what it means to be an adult as well, is to really uh, make the tough decisions and to be able to stand on them and then learn from them and then keep moving forward. And, and every day is not going to be a great day. Uh, every day uh, you're not going to be perfect and make the right decision. Uh, but know that life goes on and you can continue to uh, uh, correct uh, the decisions you've made uh, in the past and make better decision, decisions. Yeah. What does a typical day look like for you? 
<laughs> I know you said every day is different, but. But typically I make it to the office at seven um, and I typically utilize that seven to eight time to um, uh, check email. I, I usually walk next door and speak to uh, and check in with my superintendent um, and we kind of uh, go back and forth of what our days look like. And then by eight o'clock, most of the staff, uh, our other staff starts to come in and I usually have meetings these days. I've had Zoom meeting after Zoom meeting after <laughs> Zoom meeting. But um, I try to get into the, uh, at least one or two school buildings, sometimes three school buildings uh, every other day. And so I may have a school meeting or uh, meeting with um, another uh, school partner. So we, we've done a lot of partnership with our city, uh, with our college uh, partners. Uh, even with ADE, and so I have meetings with them, working with my staff. We, we look at data a lot and start really looking at how can we uh, continue to increase literacy skills, mathematical skills of our kids. And so I'm, if you look at my desk, it uh, has a lot of articles, a lot of research, a lot of data, and so uh, do that. And then I also work closely with our board members, so any anything that uh, they need I provide uh, for them and so uh, and that usually takes my morning um, and then all the way to afternoon um, we're working uh, with our we work closely with our principals uh, my team and I and um, and so we usually have some check-ins with them and um, and then um, I usually leave work around 5:30, 6 some days uh, and then we usually start back over. So. <laughs> a long day, a long day. But it's busy and productive, and and I so I leave smiling like uh, it's a productive day, and that's what I really like to make sure that uh, that I've done uh, some great work, made some uh, major decisions that needed to be made, supported uh, our teachers, young people, or leaders across the district. Uh, and when those things have done been done, then I know it's been a productive day. Yeah. What steps would you recommend to a student um, that's about to prepare to enter the field of education? Really explore. explore. There's so many different options uh, in the education profession. So that's the first thing to do is really know that um, we need effective educators, not just in the classroom, not just uh, as administrators. They're instructional facilitators. They're positions at the, uh, in the schools, at the district level, at ADE. There's so many um, positions within the education profession. So explore. Uh, explore uh, where your niche is, where, where your interest is and set goals to get there, uh, even if it's uh, beyond the classroom. Um, and so know as much as you can about the education profession. Um, and then also know that it's challenging. Uh, it's, it's, um, it's, it's, it's challenging, it's, it can be tough, but the most important thing is worthwhile. It's, it's worth all the efforts when you see your students uh, outside the classroom, when they see you outside the classroom uh, in the community, you realize how important your job is. And, and know that 
we need you. We need our teachers. We need young people going into the education profession because you really are the gatekeepers to that that young person's life. I mean, you can literally change the trajectory for that young person. Uh, and so we need young people who care about making an impact to come to the education profession and stick with it. And, and know just like any other profession, you're not going to have sunny days every day. But I can also say that every day is not gloomy either. You have more clear days, sunny days, bright days than you have dark and gloomy. Yeah. What are the steps that you would suggest to students going into college and thinking forward toward their careers? Um, going into college is really take time to um, take classes in a variety of areas. Uh, don't just come in, don't be so rigid in, um, in what you want to do. College to me is a time for you to really experience life, to get to know who you are as a person, to explore your interests, take different courses, uh, go to different programs on campus, uh, just learn, take time to learn who you are and, and who you want to become uh, in life and really enjoy college life. I always tell um, people that I really believe that you, you have to really pay attention to your academics and make sure that you are being, you're growing in your academic, but you, in your academic uh, part of your college experience, but you also need that social experience. You have to experience college life as it is because to me that is a major part of your growth as well. Um, to get involved with the activities that are happening in your, if you live on campus, uh, within your dorm, the activities that most student uh, activity boards at the college or university host, you know, just really get involved in the social part and have a social life as well as a strong academic life. Uh, because to me, that's when you're really going to find out who you are and you can make informed and educated decisions on your program of study, uh, when you declare your degree program, and also be uh, willing and being okay with yourself if you have to change your major. That's okay, because what you really wanna do is make sure when you graduate, you have a degree that's going to be, that's going to work for you and align with who you are so that you can be successful. And so be willing to um, to, to change your major and, and be okay with it and, and know it's okay. Um, and so um, the, I think being willing and okay to make mistakes and, and recover from mis mistakes, giving your permission, giving yourself permission to do that and have those moments are really important. Mm -hmm. For sure, for sure. All right. Obviously, I am a part of career services at UCA. So during your time at UCA, did you ever utilize the resources career services offers? I did. Um, is Dr. Claiborne still there? Yeah, she is. So she had a program. I think it was SSS, Students Support, Support Staff. Staff. Yep. Yes. So I was a member of that. And, uh, and even when I became... Uh, so you kind of got me excited because Dr. Claiborne, she is a godsend at, at 
uh, UCA because uh, she's like a counselor to everybody, <laughs> and and she was able to make connections. She, I have, a, I have a twin brother, and um, and she helped both of us get an internship. And then she has always been a resource, even after I graduated, to connect us to different people and um, um, and the workforce. And uh, she she was like this mother that for everybody, uh, <laughs> one of those counselors that like you are going to do, do this. this. I want you to do this. Come by my office. And um, and so um, she even told me that when I was an adult and I was there for a recruitment for a teacher fair, she said, "I need you to come by my office. I have a, a project we need to work on." And uh, but I did. I, I I stayed in career services uh, so much so that I joined SSS and, uh, and 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 worked through that organization. But uh, that is a well kept secret. And I say well kept secret because not that uh, you all the career services do not advertise. Is that a lot of students do not take advantage of career services, and they are floundering out there like fish out of water trying to get focused and uh, and and think about next steps or uh, trying to solidify their next steps after college and all they have to do is go to career services um, and, and I and I tell um, I'm an advisor to um, one of the fraternity uh, chapters there and I tell them all the time you need to go to career services uh, and that's one of the things Dr. Claiborne did for even us uh, in my fraternity, she had all of us coming through um, her office, um, and uh, and you know if she told if you knew if she told you to come by her office and you haven't, she was going to follow up with you. So you could not walk through the student center and run into her and think she had had forgotten. And um, and so I think really every student, every student need to take advantage of the great resources that career services. Uh, has to offer because I did and and that has helped me even after my collegiate year at UCA uh, because I was able to get some really great uh, teachers from UCA uh, after that and um, and I always stay in tune and in fact that's one of the reasons why I continue to be involved in the College of Education now I currently I serve on the advisory council for the College of Education but it's because of how much uh, the career services and College of Education poured into me, I knew I had to give back uh, to UCA. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. Mm -hmm. I, I, I enjoyed hearing about your well-kept secret. Yeah. <laughs> all right. If you could do it all over again, would you choose the same path for yourself? And if not, what would you change? If I had to do it all over again, I, I would choose the same path uh, because I did learn. I, because of my experience of changing my major and being able to share that story with, uh, with individuals, I think the people connect with that because a lot of times people look at my current position and where I am currently in life and think that I had it 100% mapped out and everything just fell into place and that's not my journey and so being able to share uh, those um, stumbling blocks or kind of rocks in the in my path and on my journey uh, to people has really uh, helped me connect 
uplift others and, and impact others. And so I really appreciate everything. Even some of the most challenging experiences have made me the person that I, meant, that I am now. And so um, no, no regrets. Um, um, I, I would, I'm, I am who I am because of the journey that I've been on. And so, um, no, so I wouldn't change anything. All right. Where can students or other listeners go to reach out to you if they have questions or would like to connect with you? Yes, definitely. Um, I'm on Facebook. Uh, my Facebook handle is Dr. J, J-A-Y, Strickland, Owa. Uh, and then I'm also on uh, Twitter, uh, Dr. J06. So D-R-J-A-Y-06. Uh, you can also find me on LinkedIn, uh, Jeremy Strickland Owa. Um, and uh, my, uh, I work for the Little Rock School District, uh, Deputy Superintendent. So my email is jeremy.owa at lrsd.org. And, and just know that I respond to emails. Uh, I respond to uh, direct messages uh, because I feel like because so much has been poured into me that it is my responsibility to give back. And so if there's ever a young person um, who is interested uh, in education, who would like to uh, share some things with me and get some feedback, by all means, uh, I'm available for that. Any educators uh, who would like to uh, share their journey and talk about mine, I'm also available to do, to do that as well. That's, that's what makes me feel that I'm make I'm doing what I'm I was called to do uh, is because I'm giving back, and so any opportunity that I can give back, um, I feel like I'm making an impact. Thank you for that. Well, it was a pleasure speaking with you, and thank you for taking time out of your day to come on and chat with me and share more about your career journey um, and what it looks like for you and what it might look for others. Thank you for the opportunity. I enjoyed it. Well, thank you again, and have a great rest of your day. You too. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Noteworthy Networks. Support for this podcast comes from the University of Central Arkansas's Department of Career Services. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And be sure to follow the podcast on Instagram and Facebook at Noteworthy Networks and Career Services at UCA Career on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. We hope you'll listen in for the next guest and more career advice to come.